Good evening, everyone. Thank you all for coming. It's lovely being here. Uh, no, don't no, no, give someone didn't get. For you, it's for you. It's yeah, give it someone didn't get. Um, lovely being here with the Gansa Oilam, Gansa Ganskite for Chumash and Shalans. And um, as we wrap up another serious week, action packed for Klaiusrol, and, and uh, we should see all of our actions. Everyone is doing things for Klai Yisrael, davening, doing mitzvahs, tehillim, Torah. We should continue to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu turn the tide, and we should see the Hamtokas Hadinim, we should see all the, 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 the severe blows that we received from Shemaim just turn into a pure mercy, love, and compassion, and see the fruits of all of our tefillahs being answered very, very speedily and swiftly, see all the captives returning home in full health, speedily and swiftly, and... Uh, have good tidings, speedily and swiftly. And um, so let's let's jump right into the parsha. Parsha's Chayis Sara. I'm going to try to explore a topic that I don't know if we really touched on this so much in previous years, but it's a it's a serious topic. It's a heavy topic, but it's a topic that's I think also right now, unfortunately, a timely topic. But it's there in the beginning of the parsha. And um, yeah, and I. You just lift this behind you. Put this in the corner. Yeah. That way, I can. Yeah. I need. To, sometimes I need emergency hugs in the middle of sheer, in the middle of partial sheer. Now you're a little closer. Thank you, Perishol. Thank you, Menachem. Anyway, so a timely topic, and um, I, I think uh, you know a heavy topic. But it, this is really the whole first part of Chay, of Chayisara. Whole first first part of Chayisara. First Chaylik of Chayisara is really all about one thing. What's that about? What's the beginning of Chayisara about? What? Sarah. It's about Sarah. Well, I would say if you want to go that way, you could say it's about Chaye, really, right? But oh, the first part of Chaye Sarah is what? Kabir. Burial. Thank you. It's about burial. Kahura. Kahuras Yisrael. It's about burial. A heavy topic. Very heavy topic. First place in the Torah we encounter the concept of burial. And it's interesting that we bump into the concept of burial already being told that there's been a lot of burial previously. But this is the first time the Torah really shares with us the concept of burial, the notion of burial, and, and any, uh, any events concerning burial. This is, of course, the sorrow that Avram Avinu arrives in Hebron to eulogize Sarah, live Kaiso. And as soon as he arises from mourning and weeping for his rabbits in Sarah, he immediately gets to work on dealing with the Bnei Ches, Negotiating for a kever for Kavuras Yisrael. And um, this is what we're going to be exploring tonight. The concept of Kavura, of burial, of Kavuras Yisrael, Jewish burial, proper burial, its significance, but maybe a specific take through the lenses of the parsha. Let's ask some questions over here. First of all, we know Kavur is a very big thing in Klai Yisrael. We know it's a big thing. And we know that we, we will go to extreme lengths to try to convince people to do burial over Rachman Litzlan cremation. It's a very unfortunate discussion that sometimes has to be had, but we will go to great lengths and we're told, yes, to do whatever you can to convince even the most estranged, the most irreligious, disenfranchised of Jews to, to at least after, after his life, after his point of passing, go with kavura, go with burial, not cremation. 
and, and it's incredible the links that we will go to in convincing someone he could have had an entire lifetime of irreligiosity, but sometimes we seem to invest a lot more in, in convincing someone after they've de- departed, after they're gone, to, to, to be buried as opposed to the, the alternative. Much more effort we seem to sometimes put into that than convincing them to do mitzvahs when they're alive. And um, the first question, so what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, the concept and the notion of kavura altogether, what's the significance of kavura, of burial, why is it such an important thing, why is it such a Jewish thing, what's up with it? And, and specifically, when we encounter in the parasha, let's ask some more questions. Why is it that Avram Avinu has to indeed negotiate so aggressively with Ephron, with the Bnei Ches, there's, there, there's a serious, like, back and forth. This occupies the whole first chunk of the parsha, As Yosef rightly said, the first part of the parsha is all about kavur, is all about burial, about a kever, because it takes up a lot of psukim over here. Now, about 20 psukim or so are dedicated to this. A lot of back and forth, a lot of wheeling and dealing. Now, why is it that Avram has to negotiate so with, with Ephron and the Bnei Ches? So let's ask another question. If Avram Avinu indeed sees... That, that this is where Sarah is destined to be buried. He sees, he understands that he wants her to be in Hebron, in Mars HaMachpelah. Why did the Rebbein Shem set it up that Avram has to work through Ephron and the Bnei Ches? Yes, we're told that this may be one of the trials. Maybe some Rishonim count it, some Rishonim don't count it. Right? Maybe the 10th was the Akedah. Maybe this is the 10th. Um, but it could have been anything. It could have been another trial. He could have gotten another test, another trial from somewhere else. And um, why did Hashem set it up? Let's ask, the, ask, let's ask the question this way, because nothing is coincidental in the Torah. Why did Kosh Baruch Hu have to set it up that Mars HaMachpelah, the burial place of Sarah, has to come through, Ephron has to come through the Bnei Ches? It, it could have been a plot of land that already belonged to Avram. It could have been a plot of land that nobody was interested in. It's hard to believe that back then, every square inch, every Dal Amas of Ersol was occupied. Every Dal Amas had somebody living there. Probably not. Probably a lot of areas of Eretz Israel that were not prime real estate, that, that nobody was hanging out. It could have been anywhere that would have been the right place to bury Sarah. And of all people's hands for this to fall into, it, it turns out it was Ephraim the Bnei Ches is where the burial site, the, 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 the um, ideal and the Intended burial site for sorry Menu, that's where that lies. Now Avram has to go negotiate, handle, and deal with Ephraim and the Bnei Ches. Why? Why did Koshbrook have to set it up that way? Another question, right? <laughs> could you could have gotten it through any means, through any 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 method? It could have just been sitting there. Another question. Let's ask another question. What's the significance of the fact that this is Mars Hamachpelo? It's all called throughout throughout this week's parsha and where else wherever else it comes up in the Torah. Mars HaMachpelah. So Mars HaMachpelah literally means the double cave. Rashi brings in two pshatim and why it's a double cave. Why is it a double cave? Rashi brings in a double pshat in the double cave. What's the double pshat? Is that a hand going up to an iron? Went halfway up, so now you want to give us a single, not a double. Zibis. What? Zibis. So one pshat Rashi brings down is it was doubled with, 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 with pairs, doubled with couples, doubled with couples. There were four sets of couples over there. 
eventually. Adam and Chava, Avram and Sarah, Yitzchok and Rivka, and Yaakov and Leah. So it's Machpelah, it's doubled with couples. Another Pshat Rashi brings down is that it was two floors, excellent, very good. As it was two floors, it was, it was a Mara, Vali al Gaba, it was one cave and another cave on top of it. It was a double cave, a cave that had two floors. Okay, I mean, let's ask on both of these Pshatim. The doubling of the couples, I mean, generally a couple gets buried side by side, right? And that's not very significant to, to there's couples over there. So you call Machpelah because there's couples. Generally, that's the case. You find a husband and wife after 120 to get buried side by side. There's a lot of couples. Oh, that's a question in of itself. Why? Why are all these couples in Marza Machpelah? Why, why is everyone getting buried, buried in Marza Machpelah? Let's ask another question. If it's Machpelah, because a lot of couples are buried there. You have an Avram and a Sarah, and you have a Yitzchak and a, and a Rivka, and a Yaakov and a Leah, and, and a and Adam and a Chava. Why do all these couples have to be there? But why do we stop with Yaakov and Leah? How come no one else gets buried there? We don't find Yosef and his wife getting buried there. We don't find any of the Shvatim getting buried there with their wives. We don't find David getting buried there with Bathsheba. We don't find Shol Hamel getting buried there with his Rebetzin. That's it. Like that's it. We we close off the cave. There wasn't enough room. Wasn't enough room. Anyone ever been to Cheren to Mars Harpela? The place is huge, right? Place is huge. Place huge. And as big as it is, it's still not big enough for us <laughs> and the Arabs, right? You can make it. It can get as big as it gets. You know, put everyone into into uh, Texas. Still not going to be big enough, right? Okay. But Mars Harpela is quite big. It's not like they ran out of space. So why is it that that um, we stop the couples at Yaakov and Leah. What's this machpelah that is doubled with couples? And and the other shot also, that's not as strange. Mars HaMachpelah, it's a double cave wall because it had two, two floors. Two floors. What's the significance of the fact that Mars HaMachpelah has two floors? We're allowed to ask this question. We need to ask this question. The Torah calls it machpelah. The Torah is attaching significance to the fact that it's doubled. It is doubled with what? Two floors. Okay, what? That's why you'll call it Mars that's, that's That merits, that warrants a whole description in the Torah because it has two floors is obviously something significant about the fact that it has two floors. So yes, we're, we threw out a lot of questions. So let's maybe review the questions that we're asking to try to um, put them all, string them all together and get some clarity over here. Uh, before we review the questions, anybody have a watch that's accurate? Ish. My watch is currently not on my wrist because the strap broke. And this is telling me that it's only 5 to 4. The clock <laughs> on the wall is telling me it's 355, 356. I don't believe it's really 356. You know, I know I need a watch in front of me. Thank you. Now it's 840, so that's good. So shkayich, okay, shkayich, all the zegas. You guys need these back, by the way. How many do you need there? I'll take a sure, sure, sure. Yeah, no, 100, 100. Thank you, thank you, shkayich. Verification. All right, perfect. Maybe you can choose which one he wants to go by. I'll go by this one. This two minutes behind everyone else's. Okay, so shkayich for the zegas, Rabbi Say. Yeah, so so again, um, what's the pshat that Rebbeinu Shalom decreed that for Avram to get a burial place for his wife, he needs to go through Ephron and the Bnei Ches? Why? That's a, that, that anyone dispute the question? It's a valid question. Why, why does he have to go through them? Let's go through the Canaanim. The Bnei Ches were Canaanim. They were Canaanim. The Chiti, right? The Chiti, that's the Bnei Ches. Why do you have to go through the Canaanim to bury Sarah? Why did Rebbeinu Shalom decide that? Um, what's the Indian of Machpelah? Why is why is it why is it so important to bury in a cave that's called Machpelah? What's the idea of it being doubled 
doubled with zugais. Why does it have to be doubled with zugais? Doubled with couples? What's the idea of the doubling? How come we limit Marzah Machpelah? We 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 cap it at Yaakov and Leah. We don't bury any other couples over there. There's a lot of illustrious couples all throughout history, Jewish history. Why do we stop at Yaakov and Leah? And what does it mean that it was a bias for Aliyah, a, a, a two-floor cave? What's the idea about having two floors? This Machpela business again. And and uh, what's the idea, the notion of burial in general? What's Pshat and Takan burial? Why is it such a Jewish thing? That was the first question we asked, but let's ask that last here in the roundup. Why is it that it's such a important tenet and, and belief in, in the system of Yiddishkeit, of Judaism, is the concept of burial as opposed to Rachman al-Islam, the alternative? So let's try to put this together because again, if this is the if, if there's going to be a time and a place that we're going to explore this sugya, the sugya of of kvura, kvura Yisrael, Jewish burial, it's got to be over here. So let's try to put let's put some things together. So who's the first person that's buried in Mars Hamachpelo? Adam. Adam is the first person that's really buried there. Yes, it was a tricky question, not a trick question, well, it was but it was, it was a tricky question. Yeah. And the first couple that's buried there is Adam and Chava. Adam and Chava are buried there first. Not mentioned in the Torah. The first person who's mentioned as being buried is Sarah, but Adam and Chava make it there first. And Adam is actually foretold of the event that's immediately going to precede his burial some 930 years before it actually happens. Okay, everybody got that? Adam is foretold of the event that's going to immediately precede his burial 930 years early. What's the event that immediately precedes Adam Rishon's burial? His death. His death. Very good. You can't bury someone until they're dead. Right? Everyone agree? Um, Ideally, yes. We'll talk afterwards. So we we'll talk later. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. But anyway, generally we don't bury we don't we don't bury people until they're dead, and the event that immediately precedes Adam Rishon's burial is um, his death, and he's told of his death 930 years before it happens. And it's very interesting how the Torah, Kadosh informs Adam of his death. Again, there's a cycle. Absolutely, we go from death to burial, from Misa to Kavura. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Adam that you're going to have to die. Adam, Adam Rishon is going to die. His death has now been de- decreed by heaven. And death for Adam Rishon is phrased in a very specific way. How does HaKadosh Baruch Hu describe and really foretell this, forecast this to Adam, the fact that now Adam is going to have to die? Because I mean, why we bring Adam in? Because Adam is the first person that makes it into Mars HaMachpelah. He's the first person to to um, to die. He's the first person that has to go through this process of burial and death, death and burial, death and burial, and we see clearly that death goes hand in hand with burial. Death is part and parcel of burial. We have misa and kvura. And how does Hakadosh Baruch Hu inform Adam of the fact that he's going to die again 930 years before it happens? He's told that he's going to die. How does Hashem tell Adam? He says the following. He offer atavel, offer atatashuv. You are offer. You are dirt, and you're going to return to dirt. You're dirt, and you're going to return to dirt. And this is what Akash Baruch Hu tells Adam. Once it's been decreed upon Adam that Adam has to die, let's take a step back. 
everybody knows that originally when Adam was created, he wasn't necessarily going to have to die. He didn't have to die. It was his fault he ended up dying, and it was his fault that death ended up being decreed on mankind. Adam did something that earned him Misa, that decreed death upon him. What was that? What did Adam do wrong? What? He ate from the Eitz Hadas Toivara. It was a tree, Das Toivara, a tree that bestows knowledge of good and bad. The Koyach Havchada, the ability to, to distinguish the Yetzir Hora. Adam Rishon ate from it. That was his one design, that was his one challenge. He failed. And as soon as he fails, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, Afar Atavel, Afar Atatashuv. Your Afar, your dirt, and you're going to go back to dirt. I want to ask everyone a question. What does it mean that he's dirt? What does the Rebbeinu mean? You're dirt? You're dirt? It's not very nice. Right? Would we say that to our friends? You're dirt? HaKadosh Baruch Hu said this to Adam. Afar Afar some of my kids were here. They're not here right now. Some of them are here. Some of them aren't here. If some of the ki- my kids that aren't here right now would be here, and they would hear me saying this, I, I, I know how they would think. They would think to themselves, well, they're going to start calling their friends dirt, and their friends are going to turn around and say, you can't call me dirt. Hashem called Adam dirt. I can call you dirt, right? <laughs> what, what's going on? Akash Baruch Hu is calling Adam dirt. Afar Atta, that's not very nice. Akash Baruch Hu is dissing Adam, is insulting Adam. Let's ask another question. Afar Atta, well, Afar Atta Toshav. You're dirt, and you're going to return to dirt. You're dirt and you're going to return to dirt. Before he sins, what was he? Where did he, where did he come from? What was he made from? He was made from offer. He was made from dirt. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Pazik says, Vayitzar Hashem Alekim Esa Adam Afer Mena Adama. HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Adam by taking offer, by taking dirt from the ground. Before he sins, before he's put in the Gan Eden, before anything happens with him, before before he has a chava, before he meets the snake, before he gives any of the animals any names, he's created offer. Vayitzar Hashem Alakim as Adam offer him in Adama. Adam Rishon is created from offer. He's made out of offer. He is offer. He's a shtick offer. He's made out of offer. And now that he sins, Hakosh Baruch Hu tells him, offer Atavel, offer Atatashuv, you're dirt and you can return to the dirt. Let's ask two questions over here. Again, these are nested questions now. Questions within questions, but 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 that's okay. That's okay. Let's ask some nested questions. A, he's already, he's anyway offered even before he sins, before he was chayte, he was created from offer. Now Hashem is calling him offer. And B, if, if 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 that's the reason he has to return to offer because he came from offer, then that reason should have been valid even with Adam sinning. Correct. He was created from offer. And if there's a a, a poetic idea over here. Offer Atav, you came from Offer, you have to go back to Offer, that should be valid and binding with or without a chait. What was this Chadish, my Kamash Molan over here, that suddenly that he's chaytay, oh, oh, you ate from the Eitzah, that's Toivara. Uh, okay, you know what? You're Offer and you're going to go back to Offer. And the Rebbeinu didn't know this before he sinned. He wasn't Offer before he sinned. He wasn't Vayitzar Hashem Lekim, Esodim, Offer Menadom before he sinned. He was Offer before he sinned also. So how come now after he sins, Hashem saying, you're Offer, you're dirt, and you're going to go back to dirt? What's the pshat? He was that way before he's in the He was already. He was also offer. The teretz is rabbi side. Before he sent, he wasn't offer. He was not offer. Before he was chayte from the eitz adas he's not offer. He's not dirt. I I just quoted the pasuk several times. It says the opposite. Ba'itz Hashem alikim as Adam offer min adama. Hakadosh Baruch created Adam offer min adama. He made him out of dirt. What does that mean? That he's not there. The teretz is. The pasuk goes on to say what? Hashem creates Adam offer min adama. And then it says, Vayipach ba'apav ruach nishmas ruach chayim. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu infused into Adam Rishon a neshama, a hecher neshama, holy high level neshama. Adam starts from Afar, he starts off from dirt, and then he's given a neshama. He's given a neshama. He's given a body that comes from dirt, from Afar, the lowest point possible, the lowest point possible, and Hashem fuses into this neshama, infuses and fuses together to within, with the, with the gufrather neshama that comes from the highest place from the Kisei covered. And the question is like this. We can set up a Talmudic question, a Talmudic investigation. What do you call a Talmudic investigation? In Talmudics? A Chakira. A Chakira, right? A Chakira, otherwise known as a Talmudic investigation. Talmudic um, analysis, analytical exploration. So Adam Rishon is, is a body that's offered, that's dirt, and he is a neshama that is a spark of godliness. You put them together. But what is he now? What is he now? There's two ways of looking at Adam now. Is he a soul with a body? Or is he a body with a soul? Everybody here? Everyone hear the difference? What is he? Is he a soul that has a body? Or is he a body that has a soul? Yes. Well, no, no, no. I'm not taking votes. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 let's 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 explore this together. Let's explore this together. Should we hit the pause button for a moment? <laughs> so, what is he? What is Adam Arisha? Is he? Is he? But you know, it's it's um, we can we we can we can try to make cross connections and and try to figure out the the depth of the question that we're asking over here, Rabbi Sai. Again. Is Adam Rishon a, a, a neshama that has a goof, or is he a goof that has a neshama? And the question obviously is, what's the ikr and what's the tafel? Where does he live? Who is he and what's there for the ride? What's there for the ride? You see, you go down to um, the rodeo. Anyone ever been to the rodeo? Yes, I knew it. So now, um, but I knew at least one person here had been to a rodeo. That's why I asked, because the statistics, if there's a, a certain amount of people in the room, one person will at least have been to the rodeo. There's a, I forgot the exact percent, there's statistics, but there's a figure like that. Anyway, so um, the rodeo, sometimes people ride these crazy horses, right? So you ask the same question, is that a, is that a horse with a rider? Is that a rider with a horse? And sometimes that's, that's a competition. They have a competition like that, right? Or the bucking broncos. So it's always a question, like, who's in control, really? Who's, is it a rider with a horse or is it a horse with, with a, a man with a horse or is it a horse with a man? And, and so there's a vikuach. They're, they're fighting about it. They're fighting about it. And if the man wins, he gets uh, an award, right? If the horse wins, it, it I don't know. To, don't give the horse anything really, right? <laughs> so so that, that's the same question with Adam Rishon. What is he? Is he a, 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 a neshama with a gopher? Is he a gopher with a neshama? Everybody hear the difference? The chakir over here? Many, many nafkaminas, obviously, that are immediately understandable. And so what is he? So before he's chayte, what is he before he's chayte? Before he sins, he's a soul with a body. He's a neshama with a guf. Adarishan lives in his neshama. He is a neshama. That's really who he is. He's a neshama that Grada has a guf. What does it mean it has a guf? It has, has a, a suit. It's wearing a suit. The neshama wears the body like a soul wears, like, 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 a, like a body wears, 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 wears garments, wears, wears clothing. After he's chayte, it's v'nahapachu. After he eats from the Eitz Adas Tevera, he internalizes the Eitz Hara. He brings himself down with a crash and a thud and a boom down to this world. He's now flipped everything around. It's Vinahapahu. He's flipped everything upside down, topsy turvy. 
He's now decided that I'm a, a, a body, I live down here, and I'm primarily, I inhabit my body. I'm a body that has a soul. Not a soul that has a body, I'm a body that has a soul. And the moment he makes this decision, the Rebbeinshim tells him, offer ato the offer ato tosho. That's why now Kosh says this Pesach, because he made a decision, he made himself offer. Adam made himself offer. That only happened now. Now we can tell Adam, offer atovel, offer tashuv. By internalizing the Yetzir Hara, by bringing the, 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 uh, the poison, of the, 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 it was poisonous for mankind, but by bringing the, um, the, uh, the sales pitch of the Yetzir Das Toivirah, from, from the Nochesh to Chava, into the system of Adam, so he has bought in to the system of the Yetzir Hara, he's internalized the Yetzir Hara, he lives now in his body, a body that, that is that is interested in this world, interested in earthliness, and he became a body that now incidentally has a soul. But now Akash Baruch Hu rightfully tells him, "You're offered, you're, you're you 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 are dirt. You are now dirt. You made yourself dirt." With before this chait, he's not offer. He's wearing offer. He's wearing offer, but he's not offer. Now he is offer. Now that you're offer, they'll offer at the tashu. You have to return to offer. What's the pshat in that? Since he's offer now, he's wearing offer now. He has to return to offer. He has to return to the dirt. The rebbeim is, is 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 referring to burial. Offer ato. So this is in the highest stories the first time we have burial, but in Parshas Bereishis the first time we have a reference to burial. Offer ato your dirt, and you have to return to the dirt. Now that he made himself dirt, he has to return to dirt. What's the pshat that he has to return to dirt? So there's something actually very interesting. In Bereshus, when we have the account of Adam's creation, there's already a foreshadowing that Adam Rishon is going to sin and he's going to have to be buried. As Rashi says on the Pesach, Hashem took dirt and created Adam dirt from the ground. Ha'adama, with the definite article, the ground. Rashi says that Hashem selected dirt from the base HaMikdash, from the Mokam HaMikdash, where the Mizbech was going to stand. That's where Hashem got the dirt to make into the body of Adam. And Hashem, Rashi brings another pshat, that from all four corners of the world, Hashem got this dirt. The Shlach Kodesh says these two pshatim are one and the same. The Mizbeach is where Hashem's Shefa comes down to the world. It spreads through all four corners, through 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 the the the, the Mokam to all four corners of the world. These two pshatim are really one and the same. And when Adam's body is created, is created from dirt that comes from the base on Mikdash, from the Mokam Hamizbeach, where the altar stands. Says Rashi, why? So that way, when we bury Adam, his burial will be a kapara for him. His burial will be able to be an atonement. An atonement. If I create Adam, offer him an Adama, his body, which is an earthly dirt body, will be taken from dirt where the Mizbech stands, then his burial will be able to be an atonement for him. So even before he sins, there's already four shang. Hashem knows that he's going to sin. Hashem gives him a body that can receive a kapara. Burial, Rabbi Yisai, bestows a kapara. Burial gives a kapara. An atonement. How so? The greatest atonement possible. Burial gives and confers the greatest atonement possible to a, a Jew. Burial is the one and only device that sets the Yid up for a reversal of the Chait of Adam Arishon and the ability to cling to HaKadosh Baruch Hu L'nei for eternity in Elam Haba. That's what burial does. Burial is the ultimate tikkun, the ultimate rectification, the ultimate kapar and atonement for what Adam did. And it's an atonement for all mankind forever. How so? What's going on in burials like this? Let's try to wrap this up over here. What's going on in Kavur is like this, Rabbi Say. 
Offer Atavel, offer Atatashuv. Once Adam Rishon internalizes the Yitzhahara and he decides that he's a body with a soul, he's made himself a, 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 a shtick air, the piece of earth, a piece of offer. And now it's decreed upon him death and burial. Why death and why burial? Because man is created to have Dveikus Takarish Baruch to cling to Hashem, to Lizanig al Hashem. To be one with Hashem in Eilam Haban, the world to come forever, for all eternity. You can only be at one with Hashem if you're a soul with a body. If I'm primarily spirituality, then I can cling to the ultimate spirituality, which is Hashem Himself. If I am physicality that has, you know, an incidental attachment to spirituality, you can't cling to Hashem. A body that is a physical body, which is your primary existence, gets in the way of dveikus of togetherness with Hashem. It gets in the way. The only way to have, after Adam has internalized the Yitzhar to have Vegas with Hashem, is to somehow figure out a way to get around this body. How do we get around this body that has brought mankind down, that drags us away from Hashem? Is to return the body to its maker. Return the, return, to give the body back to Kodesh Baruch To make a statement of what? Rebina Shalaylam, you created this body, we, we kind of blew it. We introduced a flaw, a flaw into this body. We introduced a kilkul into this body. We introduced a, a, a deficiency into this body. We, we need a new body, Rebbein Shalom. We need a new body so we can come back to you. We're going to give, the, we're going to return this to you. We're going to return this body back to where it came from. Return it to its source. Give it back to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That way there can be, Yesh Tikvah there can be hope for us in the future for Elam Haba. The idea of burial is, taking the body and returning it back to where it came from. Back to its offer, the, the, the most basic of elements over here, where the world begins with, is earthliness, is Shemaim Va'aretz, and we're saying, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we so want to come back to you. We are reversing the process of us being earthliness. We're going to return this body to you. We're going to give it back to you. We're going to return it to its source, which is you, so that way we can receive a new body. That's the atonement of burial, and that's why the dirt that Adam, mankind comes from, Adam and us comes from, is what? Is the dirt of the Malkam HaMizbech itself. That's the atonement of burial. That's why it has to come from the Mizbech, which gives the Kapara, because the idea of burial itself is the greatest Kapara, is giving the body itself back to Hashem. A carbon, what's a carbon? It's giving an animal to Hashem, giving a sheep to Hashem, giving a cow to Hashem. The idea of burial, giving the body itself back to Hashem, returning it to its very source, and its very source is the grant. It has to go into the grant. Has to go into the ground. That's why Rachmanul Islam cremation is such a terrible, terrible thing. You're not returning anything to Hashem. You're just trying to destroy it. You're denying, if anything, the fact that it came from Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's just, it's, it's bothersome. It's annoying. You're destroying it. Kfur is not destruction. Kfur is a return. It's saying, Rebbeinu Shalom, I want to start all over again. Please take it back. And Hashem says, I will take it back because it came from the Mizbeach itself. I can't take it back, and I will take it back, and that will be your kapara. That, that, that's why it goes back to offer. That's why it goes back to offer. And this is why Mars HaMachpelah has all four couples, and we lock it in at Yaakov and, and, and Leah. Say this far, Makadoshim. <clears throat> Mars HaMachpelah, Chevron, is a pipeline that goes up to Shemaim. There's two pipelines. The pipeline comes down. That's the Harabais, that's Yushalayim, that's the Mokam HaMizbeach. And a pipeline that goes up, that's Hebron. Hebron, Marzah Machpelah, the Medrash says, is a pipeline that goes up to Shemaim. Hashem sends the body down here through the Mokam HaMikdash, through the Harabais, through the Beis HaMikdash, we get the body. When we have to return the body, we put, send it to Hebron. And that's the pipeline 
where everything goes back up to Hashem. There's a fasting measure that says tefillahs when you dive, they actually go to the Kaisal, from the Kaisal they go to Hebron, and from Hebron, the Marzah Machpeh, they go up. Hebron is where we send things up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We send the body up to Hashem through Hebron. That's why everyone who is the Shoirish, the root, the root matter, the source material for mankind, that's Adam Rishon, and the three of us, Avritzuk and Yaakov and their wives, they have to be in Hebron because we're all extensions, bits and pieces, appendages of Adam and Avram, Yitzhak and, 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 and Yaakov and the Imos. When they're buried there, all of Klai's or all of mankind is really buried there also. That when then we lock it in. We lock it in because mankind and Klai's is buried over there. We, our Kvura is really now tapping into their Kvura and we're sending the body back to Baruch through Hebron, through where the others are buried when we fulfill burial. And that's why we have to work through Ephron. Ephron is... Offer, Vav Nun, Ephron, Shtik Offer. It's what Offer is all about. Ephron is the Baal Ha'offer. The Baal Offer, we have to go through Ephron. That's why Avram knows he has to buy it from Ephron. He has to buy Marza Machpelah from Ephron. Ephron is the one who has been charged and trusted with the idea of Offer, of returning things to their source. That's what he was supposed to do. He was Ephron with the Vav Nun at the end. And Loshna means like a Bailam, someone who's a master of, he's in charge of that. He was supposed to work, work, um, in in a in a in a in a uh, amenable way with in, with in, with with Avram Vinu. Instead, he falls short. He's emor harbe va'asemad. He misses the vav. He becomes Afron. What's the difference between Afron and Afron? Afron means a bailer, a master of offer. He was supposed to be the one that's in charge, delegated, and designated over the idea of the return. He becomes Afron. He himself it becomes a shtick offer. He's offer. He's nothing but offer himself. He falls short of his job. Okay, we had to condense quite a lot in over here. It's time for Meyer. But these are the basics of Kvura, what Kvura's Yisrael is, why cremation is so terrible. And every time a Yid is buried, it's a Kapara. It's the greatest Kapara. And he's actually tapping into the, the great Kapara itself, the great burial itself, which is there in Chevron and Morris Pelo, the legacy that the Abbas and Adam Rishon begin for mankind and for Kla Yisrael. And everyone should have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos. Oh,